And welcome back. Sydney Kirkpatrick with us. Sydney, did we have the kind of equipment that we needed to look at Edgar Casey's brain and things like that to see if it was unusual? <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I mean, the, the one of the most compelling things to come along is AI, you know. Oh, yeah. You use AI to study the readings. Wouldn't that be something? Because, um, you know, being able to uh, log in or something and go to a specific ailment one might have or, or disease and find out everything, you know, Casey said about that. And, you know, it, it's just the, the, with, with, um, with, with the Internet and, and all kinds of new technology, I mean, it's really it's an exciting time uh, for anyone studying Casey. What if some modern medical professional said about Casey's readings with medical health issues? Oh, you know, that's really coming to the forefront now. Uh, you know, the, the example, you know, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier is light treatment, light therapy. Uh, you know, in Casey's time, the, the idea of putting this uh, purple uh, bulb light, you know, running it up and down your legs, um, you know, or use, using it to treat arthritis um, just didn't, you know, makes it just seemed ludicrous. Um, breast cancer, Casey had a lot of, lot of things to say uh, about breast cancer. And one of the treatments, um, you have to be careful because every patient is, is different. I mean, the pathology is slightly different. So, you know, one size doesn't fit all. But in some of the most interesting uh, breast cancer readings, Casey recommends a of the husband of the patient to raise a certain kind of rabbit. A rabbit? A rabbit. And he is to skin that rabbit and use the pelt, the fatty tissue right under the, uh, under the fur, uh, on on his wife's breast, and 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 you know that um, you know one one of the cutting edge treatments now for uh, for breast cancer uh, is an enzyme that rabbits produce. That's amazing. That is truly remarkable. Right. Let's go to the calls, Robert in Upstate New York, to get us started. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Yes, uh, a real pleasure to speak to Sydney and, of course, always to you, um, George. Thank I you, Robert. I have the pleasure of being at ARE conference uh, some t- time ago and had the pleasure of meeting Hugh Lynn Casey and the two medical doctors that gave a presentation on how Edgar Casey's readings had scientific bearing and, and evidence and uh, another area that I'd like to have the uh, guest uh, address is um, what specific treatment he used in his own ailment. And also, is there any link between my uh, my uh, good friend who I admire greatly, Dr. Joel Wallach, uh, and is Joel Wallach using some of Edgar Cayce's uh, uh, prophecies and uh, treatments? And uh, is there a link between the two? And... Uh, I'd appreciate some comments on, on these matters. I think everyone would be interested. I know Gina thought these were important. Uh, okay, well, Doc, Doc Wallach is on next Tuesday, so I'll ask him that question about the Casey. And uh, how about the medical community again, Sydney, with this? Uh, 
we're like more and more uh, the medical community is embracing this work. Um, you know, when I was in the hospital, I, I got our, our, our surgeons and uh, physicians uh, to start reading, you know, the Casey biographies. Um, and, you know, w once they get over, this can't possibly be true uh, because the, the evidence is overwhelming. I mean, that, that's one of the great things that you take a skeptic and you lead him into the Casey vault. And one of the things that hits you uh, is there is so much evidence that this was indeed happened. And these are Casey's words that, um, uh, you know, you open you, once you open that door. And uh, my wife often jokes with me about this because, um, you know, I was a real skeptic when I started uh, in on Casey. Were you? Or, or she introduced me to Casey. We had this terrible tug of war, and I believed that anybody who would put their faith in a psychic ought to visit a psychiatrist. Um, I mean, I, I came from a, you know, straight up and down Presbyterian background, and I just wasn't going to go there. I couldn't open myself up to Boy, it. Boy, did you change, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the archivist uh, at the time, uh, we don't know whether it was an accident or not. Actually, locked us in the vault overnight. At ARE, Casey Vault, yeah, at ARE. I love that. Do you care to share what you did with the gallbladder? How you fixed yourself? Yes. Um, uh, among many different suggestions and treatments, uh, you take uh, high quality. Well, actually, I'm going to put you on with Nancy right now because she was the one. Uh, uh, right. Beef juice. Beef it, juice. It a, you know, really? high quality cut of meat. But that was something that Casey recommended? Yeah, you have to hold it. Are, are you sure you are? Hi, Nancy. You're on the <laughs> air with me. Millions of people are listening to, listening wonderful, to you. Wonderful, So yeah, the, the beef juice is extremely good for um, rebuilding anyone's body uh, from just about anything. And you take really tiny little bits of it, almost a dropper full under your tongue, um, or you take little tiny sips over the course of a long period. Uh, but to, the way you make it is you get a, a rump roast, uh, something along those lines, and uh, ideally, you know, grass-fed and organic and all of that. And uh, you cut it up into uh, into um, maybe one-inch squares. You put them into a jar without anything else, uh, no water or anything. And then you put the jar in a boiling water and you let it go for several hours, maybe three to four hours. And then when you're done, you strain the juice out of the jar that the meat was in. You throw the meat away, as Casey said. Not, it's not even any good for your dog. <laughs> and then you have very small amounts of the beef juice. You keep it refrigerated, uh, and you, you st sift off any fat. You know, before yeah, it rises to the top. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and you can use it. You can, as long as you keep it refrigerated, you can use it for maybe three days. And it makes a very small amount, um, but you don't need a lot. And it rebuilds the body in a spectacular way. Uh, he said that um, that little bit of uh, beef juice uh, prepared that way was the equivalent of a full meal in terms of. That's amazing. Body. Would would beef broth that you get in a can work too? No. Uh, because it's been watered down, it hasn't been prepared properly. Okay, it's been mixed with water, 
So unfortunately, no, that would be so much easier. And I, I certainly through these last many months of illness, it would have been easier for me. But because, uh, you know, you have to stick around when you've got something boiling on your stove for several hours. How soon did you see a change, Nancy, with uh, Sydney? Uh, oh, well, he was almost comatose at one point. Oh, uh, they geez. told us on two or three occasions that he had two days left to live. And uh, Oh, my God. And you can, he couldn't speak. He couldn't wiggle his toes. He was in pretty bad shape. But yeah, as you can tell now, he's uh, doing super well. He's up and he's kicking. 17 months, yeah. <laughs> Good. All right, put him back on. Thank uh, you, Nancy. Putting him back on. Thank you. Okay, great. See what, I, what a great asset I have in my wife. Absolutely. She saved your life. And, uh, you know, when we met, she was like a steadfast believer in Casey, and that's why we had this tug of war. Eventually we, we married. You know? you're, you're a believer now, Sydney, big Absolutely, time. Yeah. Let's go to Ed in Tehachapi, California. Hey, Eddie, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, George. Uh, I have a story to share. I thought. I thought I'd rescue Sydney and let him rest a couple minutes. It's quarter after four in the morning for the poor guy, and <laughs> he's still recovering. And um, uh, and this concerns uh, where you used to live in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you started the hour with rabbits because um, one of the stories I've told many times to friends, particularly professional or technical friends, I've been a, a member of the ARE since 1970, and um, often bring up the subject. But anyway, back in the at the turn of the early 1900s, uh, <clears throat> there were several people who came to Casey who had what he then diagnosed was skin cancer, which you know even now is is a rough situation for some people. A melanoma, right? Yeah, yeah. And Casey said, "Here we go with the rabbits." Casey said, and it sounds a little bit gross at the at the time, not too much, but I'll just warn you. He said, he said, take some of the, um, well, what are we going to call it? Blood. Take, take take some of the uh, rough skin mess of the of the. No, I, I think uh, Eddie's talking about the. There's a, a blood you can take. It's a well, serum. No, I'm I'm am t- saying what. Let me finish. He he. Um, he said, take some of the, we'll call it the pus, okay, from the wound. And he said, inject it under the skin of the rabbit. And when that same lesion forms on the rabbit, take some of that material and put it on the skin. Now, that's Casey's story from the early 1900s. Now we go to 1967 at Wayne State University. In Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. And guess what? They came out with a big announcement. Uh, Skin cancer cure from rabbit serum. Wow. Wow. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks, Ed. Isn't that amazing? From a hit hit in the head with a bat, huh? (laughs) Truly remarkable. What did Casey say, Sidney? in the research you did about his abilities? Uh, where they were from? You know, it's, it's, there's been a lot of debate over the years about who or what was coming through Casey. Was it his higher self? Um, yeah. Who was that voice that came right, through his body? Exactly. But it, it, it's, it's never spelled out. 
and and it varied depending on the kind of reading. Like it's it's clear. This is why I say studying uh, through AI would be so helpful because you can isolate different tones of voice. Like um, Casey's voice, you know, who or what came through changed ever so slightly depending upon who the patient was and what they were suffering from. Like the medical readings, all or, or most of the medical readings seem to be coming from the same place. Um, you know, a, 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 some super-powered physician uh, in the universe somewhere that had X-ray vision. And I know those are all superlatives, but that's really what it was like. It was like he was looking through... Um, uh, it was like he was looking right into somebody's body, but then, uh, then you have the astrology readings, um, you know, which seem to be from a, a different source altogether. Uh, a lot of people believe that it was Jesus um, who was actually the Casey was channeling Jesus. I, I don't know. All, all, all I know is that if we continue to study these readings the way we are. I, I think we'll reach some conclusions that were literally impossible while Casey was alive. Um, Dramatic. Let's go to Barry in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Hello, friend. Welcome. I tell you what, buddy, what a great show tonight. And I have got a super comment about Edgar Casey. All right. Uh, first, first of all, I want to say that Gina Salvati is absolutely the greatest call screener. She is. Uh, she needs to be right there with you and Tommy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just wanted to brag on her. She's just super. Thank you. Anyway, um, I used to go to Edgar Casey's museum. I lived up on the outer banks of, of North Carolina, and I'd go up to the end of Highway 12 in North Carolina and drive up the beach on the on the sand uh, in into Virginia. And uh, yeah. I've been there. Six, five or six times, and uh, just a fascinating character, and I'm so glad you guys are talking about her tonight. But, George, let me tell you real quick a, a terrible thing. I, the concert with Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top, Lord have mercy, I've never been so disappointed. I made it all the way there, made it halfway to the stage, three tickets waiting for me, that, that, VIP treatment after I got to the ticket booth, and I did not make it there. I heard you collapsed. Yeah, I fell out in the thing. The rescue squad came and helped get me back to the car, and uh, I, I had two hours more to go before the show even started, and I just could not make it. And you know, Billy Gibbons had your name posted on his microphone so he could mention you. I go. Thanks a lot for telling me that. I wanted you to know. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate that. And uh, remarkable stories about Edgar Casey. I mean, can you imagine today, Sydney, with social networking and massive media coverage and cable news and shows like ours, the exposure that guy would get today? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, the... You know, the readings are available uh, to study. Uh, I wish we had uh, 
more of the science readings because we, we know, for instance, that uh, Casey gave readings, uh, a reading at least, for Nikola Tesla as well as Thomas Edison. Uh, he gave them in Bowling Green. We have the approximate date. We, we can put Edgar and Nikola Tesla in the same building at the same time, but we do not have the reading because they they weren't uh, they didn't have a stenographer back then. Wow. And, and that's sad. However, you know we do have these readings for um, this IBM. You know, this engineer became um, you know eventually uh, pioneered. Uh, developments at IBM. Uh, he he developed uh, FM radio, for that example, is, under David Sarnoff. Yeah, who also oh, who also had readings. That is something else. I mean, the 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 who's who of America all probably wanted to get to Edgar Casey for a reading. Would you think? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there, there are also a number of celebrities, uh, of course, uh, who are Casey students. Um, Jim Carrey, for example, uh, we know of his interests. We've had, um, I guess you could say I'm one of them, too. Yeah. Pharrell Williams. Truly remarkable. I mean, he was, was an individual. I would have loved to have met him, Sydney. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. Yeah. That would have been exciting and stuff like that. Can people email you through the, your uh, website? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, com is a good place to start. All right, great. We've got that linked up for you at coasttocoastam.com. We're going to come back in just a moment and take final phone calls with Sidney Kirkpatrick as we talk about the life of the sleeping prophet, Edgar Casey right here on Coast to Coast AM. And again, his books, Edgar Casey, An American Prophet, and True Tales from the Casey Vault. Those were just a few of them of the most recent. And welcome back to our final segment with Sidney Kirkpatrick as we talk about the life of the sleeping prophet, Edgar Casey, An American Prophet. True Tales from the Casey Vault as well. You know what's amazing, Sidney, is how you became a believer from being such a skeptic. Yeah, well, he, he, a lot a lot of people have commented that it was because I was such a skeptic and Nancy was such a devoted student of the Casey readings that we that we've been able to do uh to write what we have and to tell the story and research the story because we are two sides of a coin. Uh but of course, you know, as I say now I'm just uh you know, I I'm Nancy has pulled me along, and I, I bless her for that. You're a believer. Wild card line, Ed, in Charlotte, North Carolina, to get us started. Go ahead, Eddie. George, you've had some real intense shows the last few weeks, and, and you've done a phenomenal job. Some of the questions you ask even shocks them, and make, you can tell they're having to think through it. Well, thank you. As usual, you've done a phenomenal job, but, you know, we're going to hold you to that, son. We <laughs> You're going to expect it all the time now, huh? Yeah, I spent a lot of time studying Casey, I guess, 60 years ago, Mr. Kirkpatrick. I got one or two quick things, and then I got a couple of quick questions. One, uh, George, I want you to understand, it wasn't he wasn't following his own advice. He, 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 he with his condition and, and his age, he knew he was supposed to cut back. 
But what happened is when the war started, so many mothers were crying and bleeding, to, pleading with him to get a, a reading on their their children overseas. Were they injured? Were they still alive? Oh my God! And he couldn't turn them down. Is what it amounted. He had too good of a heart. Yeah. So that's why that happened. Uh, also, he read the Bible from front to back every year, and he, and he talked at church, and where he lived it was segregated, and he he wouldn't do it unless they let the black community in the church whenever he spoke. So he integrated the uh, the church where he lived. <clears throat> he also uh, one of the early stories he fell asleep. His dad was reading spelling to him out of the spelling book, reading words, and he fell asleep when his dad had to go do something, and his dad had handed him the book, and he fell asleep, and his head fell over on the book. And when his dad came back and read the words, he could spell every word <laughs> in the book. And then also a doctor took advantage of him early on and wanted to see if it's a real deal, and asked him the longest and smallest muscle in the body and had him spell the smallest muscle, which is in the lip, and it's 52 letters. Wow. So he's a real deal. Now, uh, I want to ask, Sydney, when you – I'd like – one or two things. One, Lemur, anything about Lemur in Atlantis, any technology or crystals, anything you can tell us about. And also, was the beet juice real helpful with you? Was that the primary thing that turned you around? And if so, did it take a week, a month, or what? Uh, well, it, you know, it was incremental. But uh, it, it certainly saw me through the really difficult moments. And, um, you know, but you... you there are all kinds of other treatments you can use in combination. Castor oil often comes up in the Casey readings. There's a film director uh, from Japan uh, who was dying of brain cancer, and um, he was not um, disposed to using alternative therapies, uh, but he, the doctors, everyone said he was going to be dead in a few months, and so... He started exploring, found his way to Casey, and just went on intensive Casey uh, treatments, uh, of which castor oil, uh, using castor oil, was was a uh, a primary, you know, a primary treatment. Yeah, he uh, was a big fan of that. Big fan of that, wasn't he? And, and has since made a movie. It's in Japanese, so it's. Uh, I guess there's English translations, but it's made Casey very, very popular in, in, in both China and Japan. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Cornelius in Louisiana is with us. Hello there, Mr. White. Hey there, George and Sydney. Look, um, George, I want to make one quick announcement. There's a faithinblue.org, and this weekend, Pastor Mark L. Hitchens, all over the United States, he's trying to unite the black community and cops. So that's faithandblue.org. Support your local police officers and stuff because you've got corrupt white officers along with corrupt black officers, and he's trying to unite the black community and the white community and, and supporting our officers that are not corrupt and everything. And many, so many of them are not. Many of them are not. Yes, the bulk of them are not, George, and you're right. And they're listening to us right now. So we, I pray for every law enforcement officer and firefighter and first responder in the military. Now, uh, George, you know, they call me the God guns of gold, man, the Bible bullets and beans, man. It was good to hear from Barry and Ed. Um, and I didn't know that story about Casey integrating the church and everything. That's a, a good story. Um, my question for you, Mr. Kirkpatrick, and I, 
I love Gina Salvati and great song with uh, Nat King Cole, We Need to Smile. Uh, my question for you, since he was in the Bible and stuff like that, Casey read the Bible and stuff, do you believe that we're in the end times and the mark of the beast, is it getting ready to come out? I believe we are. George is always advertising about this digital currency and BRICS, um, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, and South America uniting, forming their own super currency. South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. Sorry. South Africa, not a, uh, South America. But uniting to form their own central or digital currency. So did Ed, Edgar Casey talk about Bible prophecy, the end times, the Antichrist? Thank you, George, and God bless Coast to Coast AM. I think he talked a lot about biblical prophecy, didn't he, Cindy? Sydney? Yes. Uh, yes, and certainly uh, I would be inclined to believe, based on the Casey readings, that we are headed towards the end times. And um, one of the things to really look out for are earthquakes, that that's going to be the— um, that's going to be a triggering mechanism and one of the very first signs, but, um, you know, of the end times coming. Uh, it's scary, and it's scary being in California because California, according to Casey, is going to be hit really hard, might even drop off the map. Oh, geez. Let's go to Mayat in New York City. Hi, Mayat. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen, uh, Sydney and Nancy also. I'm looking forward to getting that um, uh, beef uh, recipe down. But I want um, Sydney to um, actually, in reading some biography of Casey some time ago, I remember that he had some significant problem, which I can't remember, so I'd like you to... Um, flesh it out where that's what got him to uh, explore uh, hypnosis. And also, wasn't he having a problem in school so that he accidentally fell asleep? Uh, This is before the the spelling book, but Mm -hmm. he fell asleep and woke up and knew the context of the uh, of the book. And if you have my questions, thank you, George. I'll yeah. listen over the air. Well, you know, you're referencing two stories from his early childhood. And, uh, yes, he, he lost his uh, – he had a severe case of laryngitis, which, which is what prompted him to be hypnotized. Uh, and he did it – you know, he attended um, – with the woman he eventually married, uh, a vaudeville hypnotist show, and was hypnotized, and um, he was actually hypnotized several times before they figured out what was going on. But in in one remarkable case, um, the hypnotist um, thought he would uh, thought the audience would enjoy him playing Casey playing the piano. And Casey had never had any piano lessons or anything like that. And the hypnotist believed he would, he would just go to this piano on stage and start banging away, <laughs> you know, just like other, uh, uh, you know, guests would climb imaginary ladders. Only when Casey did it, um, he started playing, you know, beautiful, beautiful music. And it just astonished everyone. 
like he'd been a concert expert for years. But there were, there were all kinds of, uh, of mystical, uh, unusual clues in his very early childhood. Like um, uh, he saw, um, had him imagine what, what his parents called imaginary playmates. His aunt Lulu actually was was ready to take him, uh, uh, teach him religion, and brought him to church because she was just so sure that um, you know this was somehow the work of the devil. Uh, but he had imaginary playmates. Only his playmates had first and last names and came from exotic locales that an eight-year-old child in rural Kentucky shouldn't know about. Let's go to Gene in El Paso, Texas. Hi, Gene. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, gentlemen, and thanks for taking the call. Uh, Sydney. it seems to me that maybe 50 years ago or more, I saw some images of, of visions uh, that Casey had had of Earth changes, and you yeah. were referencing California. Uh, I, I also saw they were there were pencil drawings of, of what the changes would be. For example, the coast, Gulf Coast of Texas was all flooded up into central Texas. And and I particularly remember this because my little part of the country seemed to be in a sweet spot between these two earth changes. Interesting take. Uh, Go ahead, yeah, well, um You know, Casey didn't uh, draw as far as I know, uh, in a transition, except for maybe some of the science readings. Uh, but certainly one can make an argument with the uh, rising oceans, you know, that whole parts of Texas as Florida are going to be in deep, deep trouble. Would you say his health readings were the most accurate of everything he talked about? Well, they're, they're, they're the most accurate, I think, because they're the easily verified you know like like he she says you know your blood pressure is 140 over over 60 and uh they could check that and and it was done several times because skeptics were always testing him and they would have a patient in one room and and casey would give a reading in the next room and uh so it was you know hard to deny that that casey was speaking the truth you know the the more esoteric readings, like the ghost readings and um, spirit readings. You know, how do you verify that? I don't know, but uh, they, they, those you know they they haunt me, um, haunt me even today. They're, they're frightening, frightening to read. Let's go to Brendan in Clearwater, Florida. Hey, Brendan, go ahead, sir. George, Sydney, thank you guys for everything you guys do. Thank you. Um, just a quick comment on the – a couple quick comments and then a question um, about the celebrities that would seek out Edgar Casey. One of them, I, if I remember correctly from Sydney, your book, was Houdini, who made it a point of exposing the frauds because yeah. he took it as an insult of all the hard work he went through. That's that right. People show up and pretend that they can have all these abilities, and so he would expose them. And uh, apparently he met with Edgar Casey for on two separate occasions for eight hours trying to expose him uh, behind closed doors, but came out publicly and never said a thing about Edgar Casey. I found that interesting. Another thing about imaginary friends, 
uh, another great mind, Nikola Tesla, who was plagued by mm-hmm. little sounds. Uh, who knows if he had certain levels of autism, but things were bother huge flashing lights that he would have to build imaginary scenes and continuously build them out to be larger and larger, where he said that uh, he would have conversations with imaginary people that were every bit as satisfying as speaking face-to-face with a real person. I found that interesting that they shared that similar thing. Uh, one anecdote, my brother uh, Edgar Casey says, said, never combine a, an acid with a dairy product. And my little brother, we're in our 40s now, but when we were in our 20s, when I was first coming into this, he would love to have a gigantic bowl of cereal and follow it up with an even bigger glass of orange juice. And I told him about Edgar Casey. He never listened. Well, today he's lactose intolerant. Oh. And I am half living on, uh, you know, deep dish pizza. <laughs> Good for you. Well, you can't take your question, though, Brendan. We're out of time, my friend, but thank you for those comments. Very poignant. Sydney, thank you and Nancy for being on the program. Do keep in touch with us, okay? It's always such a pleasure, George. It is indeed. The books, of course, Edgar Casey, an American prophet, True Tales from the Casey Vault. The websites are all linked up at coasttocoastam.com. You can email Sydney through caseyuniverse.com, which is linked up at coasttocoastam.com as well. Lisa Gar in tomorrow night hosting, so make sure you're part of the program. She's got a great guest and then some open lines right here on Coast to Coast AM. And we'll be back with you on Monday. For Dan Galanti. Gina Salbati, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Latasour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Benall, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.